We're less than two weeks away from Bahrain. Pretty good, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. It's uh, It's been an interesting time in the Formula One world. Obviously, with the new regulations, there's been a lot of talk around it. I don't think there was as much talk last year around testing. So it's been an interesting uh, last, I guess, four or five days. Really? I mean, we've got um, everything from Alfa Romeo revealing their car. Which to- is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. How, what makes, like, why do we need two weeks to reveal that? You don't have a new sponsor. There's no new sponsor. I look so closely at the sponsors. Your design is not crazy. Yeah. It looks good, though. It, the car looks good. But they didn't do anything like, it, it, so the car looks good, but very basic. Like, yeah, there's nothing. I don't understand why they held out, because aside from. Uh, Maybe selling more camel merch. Who knows? Yeah, I guess they had to sign some more camel merch, but. Yeah, so, you know, at least we now know what all cars will look like it's on It's a nice-looking grid. grid. Um, so right, know, it's very colorful. So 1 to 10. I'll give it 6. I'm, I'm rank all your liveries. All 10? Yeah. I mean, no, not like from or in order. Just like which one's the nicest to the which one's the ugliest. Oh, we we did this, though. Well, not all 10. All 10. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm going to go Ferrari. Ferrari. I'm putting my Mercedes in there at number two. Wow. That's, yo, that's Homer shit right there. That's Homer shit. That's Homer. There's no way it's the second nicest livery, but Um, that's okay. It's your list. Okay. Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, Aston. That's another Homer pick. Um, how does Aston Martin look better than Alpha Tori? You're going off about how the nice Alpha Tori is. See this? I need to see the list. I don't have it top of mind. Okay. Ferrari, okay, uh, let me, now that I've woken up, Ferrari, AlphaTauri, Mercedes, McLaren, um, Aston Martin, Williams, Alfa Romeo, Williams, Alfa Romeo, that's seven, and you then got, I'll throw in you got Alpine, Red three. Bull, and Haas left. <sighs> They're Alpine, Red Bull, Haas. Really, yeah. I mean, I'm curious Austin's to see what Haas does without with with uh, without there. the Euro Collie uh, sponsorship. Um, so I got Ferrari, McLaren. I'm still going Williams because they went for risk. Sorry, Alvatore Williams, Alfa Romeo, Mercedes, Aston Martin. Sorry, no BWT Aston Martin. Um, Red Bull and Ned Haas. That's what I got. I got, I'm very consistent. Whoever looks good and risk, that's who I have at the top of my list. So, so we got the, the cars are out. We've got, um, the drive to survive trailer that came out today. Drive to survive will come out in Bahrain when preseason testing, uh, starts there in a less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard feedback from drivers about what it likes first, uh, what it is like to drive with these new cars, just first impressions. Um, we've also seen that there will be a, um, significant changes, uh, to Saudi, which will be the second race of the year. So I feel like in the last four or five days, so much has happened. Yeah. I mean, a lot lots, has happened. Lots but... of feedback, lots to talk about. And of course, um, you know, there's quite a bit of, um, there's definitely a dark spot hanging over Haas right now, which is unfortunate. I mean, we won't harp too much on it, but 
um, yeah, it is. There's been a lot that has happened in the last four or five days. Yeah, I mean, where do you want to start first? You can't list four things. In well, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to get into today was those items. I think the first thing is um, every team is gonna it is gonna look very different in Bahrain. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we know which team you root for, and the first thing you come into office is, do you want to talk about Mercedes? I've changed them. Like every team's gonna look different in Bahrain. Red Bull said their cars, uh, you know, Max said the car's gonna look completely different. Uh, this. The shakedown in Barcelona was really the first time, like, with your new girlfriend. No, Barcelona's like, well, you know, you measure up a little bit. You see what the cars look like. Then you'll see during pre- preseason testing will give us a real definition of what cars will look like. And then you'll see the final. I expect to see big changes going into the next preseason testing, which is March 10th in Bahrain. That I expect to see... Not too many, just minor tweaks going into the first race of the season. Do you put any value on the times that came out of Barcelona? Of course I do. Not as much. Not that much. But, I mean, it counts a lot of teams something. are still at the bottom. Okay. <laughs> like Mercedes and Red Bull. I don't put too much time into stock into Red Bull because I think Red Bull sandbagging. I think so, too. I think that the top four teams will be the top four teams. Like, everybody wants to go off, and we speculated. I know... Um, you were a big component of it. I was kind of like iffy about it because I still think the top instructors are the top instructors. And that's cool because, I mean, that's what this was supposed to do, right? Shaking up F1 was supposed to bring parity into this sport, but there's no parity. And it's still going to be top four teams competing. Fernando Alonso says that uh, Alpine has really stepped forward with new power unit. Yeah, I don't know. We don't, Alpine is Alpine, bro. They'll finish fifth or sixth. Uh, so, yeah, you don't think... Yeah. Think Alonso is just kind of talking smack there or what? It's Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, yeah. and everybody else. Yeah, but you know we've talked about it. That mid pack, there's going to be a legitimate battle. I know, but uh, you're talking about the top. So, like, what does he mean by stepped up power unit? Sure, you're com- you're you're going to be fighting for five, like like you did, like you won fifth this year. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm more concerned about teams like Aston Martin and. Um, the, the interesting thing is, like, you know, AlphaTauri and Red Bull have two different designs, right? Yeah, well, I think that why would you want to copy the same thing? I mean, you want to have two cars. But it's completely drastic. Red Bull has a pull rod and they have a push rod at the front. Yeah, I think. And but and the thing is, you can make adjustments throughout the year on that kind of stuff. Can you not? You're not going to switch your whole car setup. A push and a pull rod, bro? That's a whole suspension change. Yeah. I just think that if you're Red Bull... You want to run polar opposite because you can use that data. And also, it may be strategic because other cars that are using the same system, you can then analyze what you're getting at AlphaTauri. Maybe, but... I, I think mean, it's just a strategy play. Yeah, but the, but the fact is they went completely different. Like, some things don't even apply because they went with completely different suspension setups. So then it begs the they question... They also went with a different nose setup than everybody else. And everybody thinks that AlphaTauri's nose setup is really smart because they actually attach the the front nose of it with the actual piece and it allows for a higher nose. So AlphaTauri actually has a really interesting setup. So I'm very curious to see what they do. Obviously they followed everybody with the push rod, but so Red Bull and McLaren are the only pull rod setups, which is very, which will tell a big story from McLaren and Red Bull at the front. But um, yeah, it's very interesting to see what happens with, with AlphaTauri because they, obviously they have the same engine supplier and certain things as Red Bull, but they went with a very different setup. So this is a question I would like to know. Does Red Bull have, do the, is it a strategy thing where they want to be completely different? Or 
is AlphaTauri completely separate? Like, how no, did... No, it's their sister team. There was an interview, and he spoke about it, but it's just they went with a different setup. I'm pretty sure it is for testing reasons, but, like, they want to see what a pull rod setup looks like, but, I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking too much into it, to be honest with you. I'm not, like, this is why, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just interesting that they went with two completely opposite setups. I think maybe you go with different risk, but go with the same suspension setup at least, but pull rod and pilch rod are two different setups, man, so it's like... I don't know if everything's convertible there. So talking about just technical things, like, and just bring it back to Alfa Romeo for a second. Formula One did a piece saying that Alfa Romeo has gone bold with innovative design. Yeah. But cool. is it really an innovative design? I mean, I didn't look too much into Alfa Romeo, but I will say that I'm sure you saw Alfa Romeo didn't get a lot of laps out, right? Yeah, I mean... Because uh, they kept damaging the floor, which is the purposing. So what they've done this year, which is really cool, um, the ground effects literally have to make invisible skirts. They have to trap wind or and, and therefore trap downforce. So it's crazy to see all these cars hitting the ground because the car purposes, or purposes, I can't even say it correctly, because of the wind effects. So it's interesting to see how teams are going to fix this. Because like if it's too much, then your car just damaging the floor and if it's too and if it's inconsistent then your car goes up and down who else so. had floor issues didn't Haas have floor everybody's issues everybody's having floor issues even Mercedes is Red Bull all teams are having porpoising issues so they're all learning it out which is cool you basically got to think of porpoising for any of our um, casual listeners or people that don't really follow F1 seriously um, as like think of like skyscraper wind tunnels you have a lot of wind and then it gets cut it gets sectioned in this small area so it's going to have a higher velocity. So some teams' designs aren't dealing with it well. Some are dealing with it better. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Alfa Romeo only got out 175 laps. That was second last. Yeah, I mean, George Russell got more laps than them. That's crazy. Ferrari put in over 400. I mean, that's that's a lot of laps. But Ferrari went first, followed by Mercedes, who pulled it, clocked in 390. They also had the most reliable units. Like, they didn't really red yeah. flag, right? You so. know, looking at Red Bull... They put in 358. They put in a ton of laps. Yeah, um, most Perez of those were done by Max Verstappen. got the Staffing. fastest lap out of the team. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder I, if... I wouldn't put too much into that stock into that. Yeah. Well, you think... You think well, you had said, you know, obviously, the car's made for Max. That's not what I say. That's what... Yeah, it's a reality. Yeah, that's a reality. So, how, what will we see from Checo this year? We, we have talked about when we did our Red Bull pod, but... Checo had a really good first year in the car. I expect him to finish fifth or sixth. Do you think uh, he will challenge Max? No. So no one challenges Max. So then... The goal is to win Max a championship. Yeah. And I mean, it's only year two. But will we... If Checo continues to stay, will we start to see Valtteri syndrome? No, I don't think so. Okay. Valtteri's, Valtteri's a different... I just, tell, I just dubbed it Valtteri syndrome. The issue is, I think I think where why you can't say this, because Checo's shown he has race instinct. And Checo's shown he can get knocked. Just like the first race I watched in, what, 15 years, where Bottas did nothing, the 2020 Secure Grand Prix, Checo got knocked out, put it at the back of the grid, and made his way all up to number one. So I'm going to say no. So then I expect Checo to challenge Max a little bit. I mean, it's got to be... He's, there's a difference between fighting and just being Valtteri where you don't really fight and challenging Max. We've seen what Max can do in that car. Max, 
we saw the difference between Lewis and Checo, did we not? Did the Checo ever come close to Lewis? No. Did Checo, he really even come Valtteri. close to did he even come close to Valtteri? Not really, right? So what did Max really do with the with the RB seventeen or RB sixteen A? Like he actually extracted so much out of the car. Like the car set up for Max. What what's really changing? Yeah. You gotta think about it. Like last year told told a big telling tale. I know it's Checo's first year, so I'll give him grace, but look how much Max got out of that car because the car is designed for him. Is anything gonna change at Red Bull? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that, that's just my my thought. Why do you think Checo's challenging Max? I don't think so. It's just yeah, it's just the reality of, of the so situation. I see. Everyone's got a week off. Yeah, and then you essentially camp down at Bahrain for two plus weeks because you're there for preseason testing plus a race. Um, I wonder how everyone's feeling. Obviously, Daniel Ricardo said that it was quite you know strenuous. strenuous. Yeah, it's strenuous. Um, that's why when you're like they're putting in a hundred laps a day, I was like, I don't know for three days straight. That's kind of heavy, but. They didn't, uh, none of them put in 100 laps per day. It was kind of like 70 ish on average, right? Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, uh, you got to think about it. Like the amount of G's you have on your neck, if you're, and it's not like, it's not like, um, practice where you go for an hour. Like these are going, these guys are going twice a day, right? For like, because like, you got to think, is a lot of driving, bro. You, you got to think of like a race, right? Like qualifying, how many laps you do in qualifying? 10? Let's think about this for a sec. So if you get you all do, the way through to you Q3. You do 15. You do 15 because you'll do th- about three outlaps and most of and those three laps. Out, like, you got to think, before you're flying lap, like, you're not really. You're, no, well, you, have three, up the you have three flying laps, though. Yeah. Right? If you make it to Q3, right? But you have three flying laps per qualifying, most likely. If not two. So let's call it, let's call it, you call it 15 laps, right? And then, because then you have the where you get set up. So let's call it 15 laps. You have practice one. You're going an hour. So how many laps are you getting in in that hour? Maybe 20? Yeah. And then you have the race day. Even when you have practice, practice uh, FP1 and FP2, you're putting in maybe 70 laps. Yeah. So preseason testing, you're just, you're putting in a lot of work. I feel like you're putting in more work than anything because I don't think you get 200 laps in in any weekend. Who put in the most laps? Was it George Russell on day one? No, uh, I don't know. But Carlos Sainz had the most laps, right? For the whole weekend? It would be one of the Ferrari drivers. Yeah, it was Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. But think about this. Do we get more than 200 laps in any race weekend? Nah. Because with qualifying and um, the race, what is that? Maybe 80 laps? Plus two FP three practices. I mean, depending on the race, could be sixty laps. Yeah, so I think it's really. I think you get maybe a hundred and fifty laps max in a race weekend. So fifty extra laps. That's twenty five percent more strength. And when you've been off for a few months, and then you come back into it, and you got to put in that. It, it, yeah, it's. Do you believe there's a such thing as race shape? For sure. I think Alonzo talked about it coming back from his surgery. He missed testing and all that. No, and but he, he wasn't like, in shape at all, though. So I think these guys are in, are in better strength coming into the season because they work on their fitness. Yeah, because so the like, sim doesn't give you any Gs. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So there's obviously the, the Gs you can't ever afford for. But you know how like you're stronger at the beginning of a, of a basketball season because you're working out, but then as the season goes on, you can't work out and eat as well. So you lose muscle mass because you're, you're, you're uh, working out, um, keeping your cardio up more. 
do you believe races are strong when they first enter a season? But obviously, you can't account for the Gs. No, I think um, I think that the more racing you do, the better you'll get. I'm not, that's what I'm asking. Strength. Purely in strength. You think they're lifting as much as they do in the season? No. So they're, they're probably stronger. They're stronger in, now. There's no way they're working out as regularly as maybe some of them were. Obviously, they're gonna. Lewis is gonna do his beach runs. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only difference. They can't account for the G's, but I think they are at their strongest point in the season at the first race, maybe the first three races because you're still strong and then you kind of hit your stride. But I think they get a little weaker as the season goes on. No different than any sport. Just to bring it back to what you said earlier, for everyone listening, the context, poor poison, poor poison has been gone or missing from vocabulary in F1 for 40 years. Yeah, since the 70s and 80s. It's been a Crazy. long time. But yeah, so it's really cool what they're doing this year with the ground effects, how they make like a basically invisible skirts. So that's why it's like it's really design focused. So does that hurt your butt? It says a violent bouncing. That's if you have a lot of it. But when you sit on that car, like... What is between you, yeah, but your yeah, ass, and the floor? Yeah, but you got to think about this. Even without poor poisoning, it still hurts you. Yeah, that. Like, think about all those bumps. Loose when he goes off a curb. When you go that off a hurts. curb, that shit's got to hurt, bro. Yeah, it hurts. Because your ass is probably is there's probably what maybe two to five inches that's between you and the asphalt. Bro, it hurts. Just, yeah. just, there's no offensive butts. It's a. It's violent when you think about. Bro, they the don't have nice. Body, bro. They don't have nice seats like we do. Yeah, no, they're cars. sitting in a shell, bro. I think they have a little cushion, but they're closer. They don't have the nice suspension. They don't have all the the, the, the electronics. Of course, it hurts, bro, bro. I would love to see if I could even fit in any of those cars. You could fit into George Russell's car because George is six foot one, six foot two. Yeah, I okay, I could fit in his car. You might have to wear smaller shoe sizes though. Oh, bro, that's what he did to fit into Lewis's car. Like people don't like. People don't understand how good George's race into the secure Grand Prix was. Yes, I understand the Mercedes car was a mile ahead, but he still beat Valtteri, and he made it look easy. He beat Valtteri, and he, and was he in got a, into Lewis's car. He was in Lewis's car. He, he had to wear, I think, a, a size and a half boot smaller to fit in the car. So, you know, your feet, feet are just have no That's circulation. so uncomfortable. And he still was going to win the race, even after he had a double stop. It took a double stop because Mercedes messed it up, and... A puncture. And I'm pretty sure Mercedes sabotaged that double stop. Yeah. They didn't want him to win. I have a feeling it was kind of sabotage. Yeah, I kind of feel like it was sabotage because they didn't want him to win. Because then it would be like all the Valtteri questions. Yeah. So anyways, getting back on track. We've got this week off. Everyone is, you know, this is your last week to really just get your mind right before this 23 race season. That is in a shorter period of time. Yeah, I don't think it's your last week. I think that was two weeks. I think they've been full full start since like February. You get this little you go home, say goodbye kind of thing. Like, God, I'm getting ready. You for think so? Nah, bro. They're in full effect, man. They're in the factories getting ready with the cars, bro. This is the only time they so really... You, you're working in the factory with Brackley. the engineers. Lewis and George is probably in Brackley right now. Maybe. Well, yeah, I could see that. Well, yeah. But I think they will, Lewis will definitely spend a little bit of time in... Uh, Monaco Maybe, but I'm head. saying it's full flesh for them, bro. But once you get to Bahrain, that's it, man. I, I think it was that's it once I got to Barcelona, think, bro. And what is what is testing going to look like in Bahrain? We're going to be able to watch it. Um, and you're going to finish testing on the Sunday. And then you're going to have, what, Monday, Tuesday, and then practice it's is going to start. Normal. It's, it's normal. It's normal. It's, we're full. 
after preseason testing, we're in a full-fledged F1 season. It's like where all goes as but yeah, I think I think they've been full-fledged since February, bro. Like bro, it's 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 like it's like anything, bro. You just don't expect to show up to day one thing. You got to prepare, yeah. right? And it's pretty apparent now uh what you said was very accurate. There was tons of pictures and everything that came out of Barcelona. The only reason it wasn't on TV for sure was cuz um Bahrain paid the bag. Yeah, there's I mean, no need for it not to be on TV. That's my whole thing. Is is it was about the bag. Bahrain paid for rights, and that's because what had to F1 happen. was posting about it all day. It wasn't about keeping shit secret. No, it wasn't. That's how they tried to market it. That's the way you thought they were trying to market it. It was pretty like the F1 world was like, we, no, it's it's got to be very private. Like we're not going to see much. It was like then every day F1 socials were posting about it. Yeah, they're posting all these clips and stuff. It's just because Bahrain paid, paid the, the bag. bag. Definitely. Bro, Sky Sports got my boy Lewis lurking up and down. Bro, down Sherlock Holmes was out there, bro. Sherlock Lewis, bro. Sherlock Lewis. But yeah, all in all, I'll say that um, it's going to be interesting because we're going to see very different cars heading into next week. And then that's when you can get a real feel for it. But I think this F1 season is going to make a really good season. We're going to have Bahrain preseason starting. The same weekend that preseason starts, Drive to Survive season four comes out. You Listen, t- you say that to me like I'm hyped. About I know it. you're not. I know you don't uh, ha- don't enjoy any of the narratives and anything, but it is just um, it's a great time to be an F1 fan. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, for most fans, it's a great time. For all fans, it's a great time. It's starting for F1, for Drive to Survive fans. It's even a better time. Don't care for Drive to Survive. I will tune into episode per week just so I'm up to date on it. But I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. It's it's going to be the top. Tra- what what do you think of the trailer? It's a Danny Rick show, bro. <laughs> okay, okay, we know that. What did you actually think about the trailer? Um, it's so mid. It's so mediocre. Yeah, I think there is going to be... Uh, so, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I think we'll get, out of 100%, we'll get 10% of some really cool stuff that we didn't see during the season. And I'm excited to see, like, the day they spend with drivers, like, behind the scenes training. Like That's that the only thing. That's cool the only thing I like about drivers. I'm not going to ride into the narratives because I know they're manipulated. Last year, you were buying yeah, the narratives. But so. I'm going to enjoy the other stuff that we don't see on race weekend. Yeah, because, yeah, I just don't. I just hate the false narratives, right? That's my only thing. False Facts. narratives can come from media, but not directly from Liberty. <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Liberty Media... Then I have a problem with it. So, but it's I, overall, it's a great time to be an F1 fan. I hope everybody enjoys Drive to Survive just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean you can't. But um, yeah, I can't wait for the Pierre Gasly and Yuki Sonoda, Yuki Sonoda narrative. I'm sure that's coming up. That looks, and but also, how do they um, portray like Silverstone, Hungary? Like, we already know they're just going to boost it up. Valtteri Bottas, did you hit Max by purpose? Did you late break on purpose? Like, it's going to be stupid, bro. Like, that's just what it is, bro. Like, you know what the, the questions they're going to ask? And Valtteri's like, no, why the hell would I do that? Yeah. I'm but you know, I, I'm sure, like, you know how we see Draft to Survive? And you know, we're, we're a media company. They cut out 90% of the shit they ask. So I'm sure they're going to ask these questions. And Valtteri's going to be like, of course. Are you stupid? No different than when we make a highlight. <laughs> they're taking the best of the best. Yeah, well, that's a highlight. It's just different. They're trying to drive narratives, bro. But anyways... Shout out to Netflix. They grow, they're growing in America, so I can't hate on that. Um, how did you feel about, um, obviously, George Russell and Lewis, Lewis Hamilton had some comments about um, where they see Mercedes. Lewis said, uh, you know, everybody's competitive, the top four teams. 
there's still been a lot of talk about Ferrari being really good. Yeah. Are they the team that bro, their engine a is lot good. of their car, uh, cards? Who knows, bro? Because Red Bull, Mercedes, like, we really think Red Bull is sandbagging. But Ferrari came out, clocks in over 400 laps. Every It was unanimous. Every driver had something good to say about Ferrari. I think they'll have a good car. I think so if that's how compete. they look there, how good would they look in Bahrain? Well, maybe Ferrari doesn't have big upgrades. We don't know. I'm, I, I'm sure they do, but you never know. But We said Ferrari had to be competitive this year, and everything so far, early, early, is pointing to it. But it's early, early, right? I mean, everybody says McLaren looks really good, too. Can you imagine a Ferrari Constructors Championship? How mad would you be if it's McLaren and Ferrari at one two this year? Listen, I have to be very cognizant, Scott, that sooner or later, there's going to be yeah, but you didn't think a rebuild for Mercedes. But why does it have to be a rebuild? Well, you know, you can't be good forever. Why not? It's a reality. Why not? not a, well, Ferrari hasn't been good As long as you have your same team in place. Then we shouldn't. We should have no so issues. So, if you get rid of Lewis and George... If we have a, a shitty year where we finish third or fourth, there's but is that, a that will be But is that a shitty first. year, though? It's not, but it's a shitty year when all you expect is champions. Okay, but I'm saying if George Russell's what he's advertised, he is your next championship driver. Then there should be no room to panic. And Toto's there, so then why do you need... So then why do you think it's going to be a down But year? I think at some point in time... Mercedes that, will have a But that's turn. when Toto leaves and George Russell, I mean, that's when the car becomes a dud. Yeah. As long as you have the same management in place and you have a championship-worthy driver. So then we should be good for the next three to five years. Yeah, so it's like, but how bad would you be? I mean, obviously, I'm going to be bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be bad. I'm going to be mad. Yeah, I would be furious if Mercedes is not one of the, is not a top team this year. Oh, my God. Year. If Mercedes did not, was not in the... Race the, to compete it would just, first, it would, it you would know what the sad. narratives would be? Red Bull knocks them off for the driver's championship and they just fold. Yeah. That would be the narrative all year. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't listen. Li- George Russell's too good and same as Lewis and Mercedes. Don't listen, the, narr- the, 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 the verdict is still out on George Russell, bro. Nah, man. George Russell's, I think George Russell's a good qualifying driver. He's shown some George great is going to be. I told you, like, I went back and really watched that secure Grand Prix, and I'm like, what was I on? Like, I was delusional to say he was not. Yeah, there. you were saving the race right now. He's overrated. Emola happened. He sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? In the about? moment, you're, as a homer, you, I let it get to me. <laughs> but when you actually go back and watch it, you're like, okay, this, this driver is talented. Yeah, George and Russell's really listen, good. Listen, for Dale, who tries, I don't know if he's still, if he's going to die on that sword, he, there's no way you can say that Valtteri is better than George. His whole argument is that George Russell won't score more points than Valtteri Bottas this year. I'm like, that's not the point. Nothing. But I'm pretty sure the point that, that but, George will. <laughs> but but even if he doesn't, the point is that George Russell will show better racing against Nick, and he's a better f- option long term. Even if George scores less points than Valtteri this year, but he forces Max to score less points, that's a win too. Yeah, and the bottom line is, maybe it's not the it's not okay. There, a large part of Lewis's loss last year is because of Valtteri. Yeah, because he was never there to compete with. Like, you you have to... If you're in the top car, I don't care about Checo because Checo was in the second best car. If you were in the top car, you at least got to put a fight against that Max That final race, when I saw Valtteri, Valtteri was jumping se- into the harbor after celebrating, I was so mad. I mean, eight-time constructor championship. Listen, I, I get it, but after what just happened and you were freaking missing... Yo, that's, I was, I was that's your boy. You advocated for him. I know. And now he's with... We can look back to June... Alfa Romeo. We can look back to June 2021 and up to August before George signed, and you're like, nope, I picked Valtteri, I picked Valtteri, I picked Valtteri, I picked Valtteri. That I was the only thing Guess that was... Guess what? He made me 
Eat your words. Eat my words. Because he's the one that he's the big reason why Luce didn't win a championship. Sad, sad times. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if George Russell will be great. He is my favorite driver in the grid. I hope he is great. I expect him to be great. But my whole point was Valtteri Bottas was not the answer. That is the one Yo, thing I want to stress. I no, no. You said Valtteri Bottas is not it. He's not it. He's just <laughs> not it. He's not it. George Russell may not be it. I think he's it. But if George Russell does the same thing as Valtteri Bottas, then I'll be calling for George's head at Mercedes. He should yeah. be driving for like Alpine or like a mid-team, right? Because George Russell's shown he belongs in F1. There's facts, no doubt about that. Facts, facts. But does he belong in a top team? That's something we have to judge because I'm not going to be biased towards George. I'm going to hold him to the same standard I held Daltry to. If I see George fighting with Max and putting up strong performances, but having his duds where, you know, he, he pulls an uh, Imola and he does that stuff, you know, that's expected, bro. But he's yeah, got to be gonna fighting. Be, and it's the first year in the car. Like, I know you said it's not like I give him team, half a year, but it's he will have some adjustments that he has to make. He gets half a year. That's that's fair because he's a he's a development driver and he was a test driver for them, so he's been driving their product for quite a while. So I give him uh, half a year. So there's there's another thing that I think we need to talk about here, and um, it's the fact that Aston Martin had a had an okay show. They had a good weekend if you looked at Sebastian Vettel. Stroll. Was MIA. That's your boy, bro. I, I, I'll give you a two-minute soliloquy. That's your homie. It's it's so unfortunate because it's just really starting to prove that Lance Stroll is also not it. Because so why do you like Lance? You've never explained why you like I, Lance. You I know, know you like Lawrence. I think it was, I got caught up in the racing point success. I really like that Lance and Checo. And then obviously you realize that they had an advantage. So how much credibility could you put on it? And I don't know. I just liked it from there. So then I followed it. I didn't really follow it too closely. But as we've dived into it on the pod and we've talked about his dad and, and buying your way into F1, you start to realize, okay, well, how much merit can you give to Lance? Um, he knows how to drive an F1 car, so that accounts to sign. But he is a lot of the reason he's here is because of his dad, and that's just the harsh truth, reality of the situation. But then... Sebastian Vettel, obviously we talked about it. He needs a big year. It's a huge year for him. Is he washed or is he not? And he actually did, his best time was pretty good. And he put in quite a bit of laps. Stroll was not even talked about this past weekend, which is alarming. I'll be honest with you. I thought you liked Lance because he was Canadian. No. I thought you were buying into all that. Like Lance like is Canadian. If it was, if it was, if I was He's like Canada's that patriotic, home. I'd be like Latifi and Lance. But I, I don't really, it doesn't really... Make a difference. You're not Canadian. really Canadian, anyways. <laughs> but it's being like, I mean, you're Canadian. Is it really that big a deal that they're? If he wasn't daddy's money, yeah, I was rooting for Latifi until Abu yeah. Dhabi happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, is it Abu Dhabi? Yeah, Yas Marina. I was literally, I was, I was always like, yo, I hope Latifi does well until until Yas Marina happened, and I was just like, all right, I I'm writing this guy off. He gave he he put the biggest asterisk on the best season of all time. Yeah, on Lance, I'm not sure, bro. Like. I just, so listen, I, I didn't see the talent because I understood Racing Point had a really good car. It was, it was really Mercedes in a class of its own, Red Bull and Tier 2 in its own. And then it was Racing Point, right? In 2020, there was nobody close to Racing Point. Uh, McLaren and Racing Point, right? It was just those two and everybody else, right? From what, you were, from what yeah. we remember. It was 
Mercedes in a tier, Red Bull in a tier, and Racing Point and McLaren in their own tier. Yeah, and, and Racing everybody Point else. would show weekends where they looked like their pace was just superior, and then there are other weekends where they had reliability issues. Yeah, so back to what I was saying is I never understood the Lance hype because my whole thing is Lance didn't beat Checo. That's my first measure if the, tri- if the tri- driver's really good. He wasn't also competitive with Checo that year. I know he had some reliability issues, but... Checo had some bad luck that year, too. Checo they, both had, they both had bad luck. So, so let's just call it a, a spade a spade. So I'm like, okay, he might be good, but I don't see it yet. And he's never beat any of his teammates that are actually good F1 drivers. Like, Sergei Sirkutin, or Sirkutin, where is he to be found right now? Nowhere. And now he's just getting dom- He's going to get dominated by Seb this year. And last year, he looked bad. He looked really bad last year. The F- F1's article said that he may want to spend some time in the simulator before barring. Hey man, good That's luck to embarrassing. you guys. But I was reading. I hate the fact that he bought in his he bought his way into F one, and he's he's so arrogant and cocky too. Let me read you this headline: Lance Stroll will be here for a long time. Stroll is a qualified F one driver whose father owns an F one team. He may be at Aston Martin for decades. I saw that, and I just I closed the article. I closed the article. The only reason he might be a qualified F1 driver is because his dad brings millions of dollars to the table. Hundreds of millions of dollars to the table. We can leave it at that. I don't want to hate on Lance Stroll. This is not a Lance Stroll so, podcast. All I got to say is, because I got to highlight it, we talked about Aston Martin and we talked about him a lot, is it's not a good start for Lance Stroll. No, it's not. But I hope he picks it up. I don't hope for his demise. I, but. I am rooting for Seb. I want Seb I'm rooting well. for Seb. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Lance too. Like, Although I feel a lot of hate this way, I don't really hope anybody feels except for Max. 50 G's into the wall. Shout out to mm-hmm. 50 G's, but um, not 50 G's. Let's be serious. Two G's into the wall, just DNF. But um, oh, sorry, I do hope for Valtteri having bad performances. So Valtteri and Max. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't really hope Lance Stroll has a bad time. I just hope he, uh, I hope his dad makes a hard decision on him because I'd rather have Valtteri than Lance at this point in their careers. For sure. For sure, obviously. I would take a gamble on Oscar Piastri before I took a gamble on um, Lance Stroll. I mean, Lance Stroll's not a gamble anymore. Yeah. I think I think people in general have to stop looking this at years points. This year, five or six. Huh? Year five or six for Lance in F1. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is year six. Yeah, bro. So here's the thing, though. I'll put this out there to you. Do you think fans need to stop looking at points so much as, the, as a reason of success? Or, or, or to measure someone's capability as an F1 driver? Yeah. If you are a casual fan, it's easy to look at points. But to realize that points are... A large part of points are based on the success of having a great car. It's a product of your environment, right? So if you are a great driver and you're in a Williams like George was, well, if you're looking at the surface level, you're going to be like, George is shit. But the reality is, what is that driver able to achieve with the machinery that they have? So, like, clearly, George has always outpaced a bunch of cars based on his pace of his car. Mm-hmm. So, my things, and, I, and I'll hit, hit you with them, and then you can hit me with yours. The way I define a great driver is, A, how does he fare against his teammate? Right? So, first. First one. B, how does he fare to the pace of his car? George is in a ninth-placed pa- uh, ninth pace car, and he was getting fifth, sixth place results out of his car. He outpaced his car. So that's why I'm high on George. Last thing I always look out for is race instinct. I look, and then qualifying yeah. instincts. Does, quali- he, 
Does qualifying make, driving. Does race pace and qualifying pace, right? So those are the things I kind of look at. What do you kind of look at when you look for a driver? Uh, I think he, that I couldn't agree with you more. That's perfect. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to look at those things. Points is a product of your environment, I think, a lot in F1. Like, I think Lewis, even if Lewis was on a Williams car, he'd still be getting into Q3. He's that good of a driver. He might not be scoring a lot of points. He might be scoring maybe two, maybe one or two points a weekend, but he would be able to do something in, yeah. in a ninth or eighth place car. You have to he's be able to, yeah, and that's where racing instincts come in. I don't think Lewis would be a champion in a, in a Williams car. Like, Hell no one's no. delusional. Hell no. But he would definitely be able to score some points on most weekends. Yeah, and it would take all of it. Yeah. All of him to get it. So, like, there, there's levels to it. I think that, just just for you guys, just that's just a little insight to what we look at as a great driver. Valtteri had a great car. What has he done with that great car? Pretty much nothing. Yeah, but he didn't hit the checks. We have a very, very, very distinct Valtteri episode, which you guys can look back at. Most definitely. So, Formula 1 season is about to start. I think it's safe to say that um, we're going to do everything in our power to get to our first F1 race this season. Yeah, we'll be at, uh, well, we'll probably be at U.S. Grand Prix. I would love to get to Austin and, I mean, who knows, maybe even Miami. We're not getting to Miami. It's in May, right? Yeah, well, I have no desire to go to Miami. The first year, so here's the thing with first time anything. There's going to be a lot of the logistic problems. It's literally going to be just a star show out because it's the first event in Miami. I want to go there in like year three or year four. When, when they've it's got more, it figured out. When, when they've got it figured out. There's stars that show up because they show up. But like, you know, F1 and the Miami promoters are going to call all the contacts, bring all the biggest stars. It's just going to uh, be a star fest. They're going to pay everyone to show up. Exactly. So I don't, I don't care for all that. When year four or year three, when it's already been worked out, yeah, Miami's been here. That's when I want to go. How big is Austin going to be this year? Ooh. 400k last year. Austin will be massive. My only problem with Austin is that how you get in and out of the track because I heard a bunch of podcasts talk about it. Shout out to the 100 Thieves podcast. Um, they have like a, a choke point to get in and out. It's like two lanes. Can you imagine thousands of fans, hundreds of thousands of fans getting out of two lanes <laughs> in and out out of, the, wow. out of the racetrack? So Austin, like they were literally saying they ran out of water because they were there in line for like three hours trying to get out of the race. Damn. Yeah, like you know, you know, like you only have a water bottle. You how much sounds water sounds like some festival vibes. Think about it, right? Like you ran out of water. It's Austin. It's burning hot. You probably have a water bottle. It's been three hours. You're waiting in your car trying to get out. But yeah, that's kind of what they're saying. Damn. But yeah. Anyways, anything else we got to cover today? I think that's it. We're gonna come back later in the week with uh, some more. You know, coverage and preparation for the official preseason test. You guys might get the Bernie episode this week, maybe because we don't we don't know if anything else will come out. This that that will be probably Kurt dominated. I'll do a little research on Bernie, but we'll let Kurt kind of go off of Bernie because he loves little, Bernie. Little Bernie talk. For he sure. loves talking about Bernie. He doesn't love Bernie. I don't think anybody loves Bernie. No, he's senile. <laughs> he's a uh, crazy genius. He's lost his marbles though, for sure. All right, y'all. We'll see you guys next week. Shout out to all our listeners and subscribers. Thank you guys for tapping in as always. And uh, not when, that's wrong of me. We won't see you next week. We'll see you later on this week. Most definitely. We'll be back soon. Peace.